0: Good evening. Good to see each one of you here tonight. Let's stand together, please. Turn to page number 52. Page number 52 in the hymn book. The Lily of the Valley. We're going to sing all three verses as we begin tonight. From page number 52. I have found a friend in Jesus. Sing it out on the first. I have found a friend in Jesus. He's everything to me. He's the fairest of ten thousand to my soul the lily of the valley in him alone i see all i need to cleanse and make me fully whole in sorrow he's my comfort in trouble he's my stay he tells me every care on him to roll he's the lily of the valley the bright and morning star he's the fairest of ten thousand to my soul He all my griefs has taken and all my sorrows borne. In temptation he's my strong and mighty tower. I have all for him forsaken and all my idols torn. From my heart and now he keeps me by his power. Though all the world forsake me and Satan tempt me sore, through Jesus I shall safely reach the goal. He's the lily of the valley, the bright and morning star. He's the fairest of ten thousand to my soul. He will never, never leave me, nor yet forsake me here, while I live by faith and do His blessed will. A wall of fire about me, I've nothing now to fear. With His manna He my hungry soul shall fill. Then sweeping up to glory, I'll see his blessed face, where rivers of delight shall ever roll. He's the lily of the valley, the bright and morning star. He's the fairest of ten thousand to my soul. Amen. Great start tonight. going
1: to be back in God's house tonight, and so let's pray and ask God's blessing on our services. I'm going to ask Brother Joe Quinlan If you would lead us in prayer tonight. Amen. will not you be seated. Uh, tonight, I uh, did just want to mention a few uh, things. Ladies, don't forget about the ladies' meeting this coming Tuesday night at 7 o'clock. And of course, that's over in the uh, fellowship hall. And uh, ladies, you're asked if you do come to p- please bring finger foods and then also a ladies' uh, birthday gift. And so I don't know how all that works. So Uh, You can get with uh, my wife, I think, who is your cult leader, and she will help you out with that. Amen. So uh, I'm just just kidding. Amen. I'm thankful our ladies get together and nobody goes to jail. Amen. It's always a blessing. October the 27th, of course, this coming uh, Friday is the Harvest Party. So again, if you do have kids in school, make sure you're aware of that, that that will be at 1 o'clock from 3 o'clock in the afternoon. And then, of course, we'll open it up uh, that evening for the church. Uh, It'll be 7 o'clock through nine o'clock, and so there are there is a candy barrel uh, out uh, in the outer foyer that's actually already overflowing, and so praise the Lord, Amen. And so, uh, and so, if you'd like to help out with that, you can. You do need to bring uh, uh, wrapped uh, candy, uh, individually wrapped candy, so that we can uh, hand that out. And then, of course, there's also some flyers and stuff out there as well. If you'd like to maybe invite some neighbors or Uh, co-workers or friends or family something uh, like that we certainly want to invite people uh, to come uh, and maybe have a time with them or we can witness to them encourage them uh, in the things of the Lord so again that's uh, available and then of course October the 29th which is on a Sunday following the evening service so that's next Sunday there'll be a linger longer after the evening service over in the fellowship hall and the teens are having a teen uh, chili cook-off and so Uh, you'll be able to eat at your own risk and then uh, judge. And so if you survive, maybe give them a good score. If you don't survive, don't score. Amen. So anyways, I know that will be a blessing. I'm going
0: to let you remain seated for this song, but turn to page 294. Page number 294, My Savior's Love. We'll sing verses 1, 4, and 5 tonight. Sing it on that first. I stand amazed in the presence of Jesus the Nazarene And wonder how he could love me A sinner condemned unclean How marvelous, how wonderful And my song shall ever be How marvelous Wonderful is my Savior's love for me. He took my sins and my sorrows. He made them his very own. He bore the burden to Calvary and suffered and died alone. How marvelous, how wonderful, and my song. Shall ever be. How marvelous, how wonderful is my Savior's love for me. When with the ransomed in glory his face I at last shall see, twill be my joy through the ages to sing of his love for me. And my song shall ever be. How marvelous, how wonderful is my Savior's love for me. Amen. Where would we be without the love of our Savior tonight? Amen. So thankful that he loves us. I'm going to ask for the Gentry Gutierrez if you would pray for the offering tonight, please. Amen. redeemed tonight. He, you're his forever. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's all stand together. He's yours forever too, by the way, which is even better. Amen. Let's sing it out. Page 320. I will praise him. Verses 1, 4, and 5 tonight. When I saw the cleansing fountain Open wide for all my sin I obeyed the Spirit's will we Said, wilt thou be clean? I will praise him, I will praise him, praise the Lamb for sinners slain. Give him glory, all ye people, for his blood can wash away each stain. Blessed be the name of Jesus. I'm so glad He took me in. He's forgiven my transgressions. He has cleansed my heart from sin. I will praise Him. I will praise Him. Praise the Lamb for sinners slain. Give Him glory, all ye people. For his blood can wash away each stain. Glory, glory to the Father. Glory, glory to the Son. Glory, glory to the Spirit. Glory to the three in one. I will praise him. I will praise him praise the Lamb for sinners slain. Give Him glory, all ye people, for His blood can wash away each stain. Amen. Great singing tonight. I'm going to ask you to be seated, if you would, please. Just before the message tonight, Brother Clark is going to come and sing for us tonight.
2: Faith is so simple, it's hard to explain without complicating it so. Faith is a secret, and by it we gain assurance that truth we may know. Faith is the answer, faith is open. <laughs> Believe, believe on His Word Faith is just simply believing God's Word The promise He's given to you Trust in Him fully, Your wonderful Lord To do what He says He will do Faith is so simple trust in the lord faith is the answer believe believe on his word faith is so simple and yet it is strong The surest foundation of all Doubts will all vanish And then comes a song For faith makes each problem seem small Faith is so simple Trust in the Lord Faith is the answer Believe, believe on His Word. Faith is so simple, yet mountains will move for all who will trust in God's grace. Faith brings salvation through His wondrous love and help for each problem we face. Faith is so simple, Trust in the Lord Faith is the answer. Believe, believe on his word. Faith is just simply the key to God's heart to see what God has in store. Faith just to to each What God's Word has said to open the wide door. (laughs) I got lost, dear. (laughs) Faith is so simple. Trust in the Lord. Faith is the answer. Believe, believe on His Word.
1: Blessing, Amen. I saw him doing like me, where he's kind of backing up there, Amen. Amen. All I could think about was uh, Brother Gary, his his testimony of of faithful, Amen, and uh, just a just a blessing there. Well, uh, take your Bibles tonight and turn with me to First Samuel in chapter number three, and and do want to invite you to stand tonight in honor of God's Word, if you're able to stand. And uh, I'm sure thankful that we are uh, moving on from Hophni and Phinehas and all of their wickedness, amen. And uh, God, is, uh, God is beginning to do a work in the nation of Israel. And it begins with a little fellow named Samuel, amen. amen. So First Samuel in chapter number 3, and I'm going to begin reading in verse number 1. The child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli, And the word of the Lord was precious in those days. There was no open vision. And it came to pass at that time when Eli was laid down in his place and his eyes began to wax dim that he could not see. And ere the lamp of God went out in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was and Samuel was laid down to sleep that the Lord called Samuel and he answered, Here am I. He ran unto Eli and said, Here am I. I just kind of think it be like that, like a little kid, amen. For thou calledest me, and he said, I called not, lie down again. And he went and lay down, and the Lord called yet again Samuel, and Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, Here am I, for thou didst call me. And he answered, I called not, my son, lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, neither was the word of the Lord yet revealed unto him and the Lord called Samuel again the third time, and he arose and went to Eli and said, Here am I, for thou didst call me. And Eli perceived that the Lord had called the child. And therefore Eli said unto Samuel, Go lie down, and it shall be, if he call thee, that thou shalt say, Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. So Samuel went and lay down in his place, and the Lord came and stood. Called as at other times. I think that's interesting that the Lord came and stood. It kind of makes you think maybe that was the Lord Jesus Christ right there, huh? He stood and called as at other times. Samuel, Samuel. And then Samuel answered, Speak, for thy servant heareth. I just want to look down at verse number 20 and let's read this tonight. It says, And all Israel from Dan to Beersheba knew that Samuel was established to be a prophet of the Lord. So in our text tonight, we have the calling of Samuel. It's one of the most important moments in Samuel's life as well as Israel. It's a turning point. Samuel will be called a prophet for God. And this in turn will have a great impact on Israel, which is in the spiritual condition described by the book of Judges where every man done that which is right in his own eyes. Eli and his sons only contributed to that condition, but finally, Israel is going to have a man who desires to follow God, obey God and serve God with all of his heart and his soul and his mind. Now here's the message to us tonight. God still calls. God still calls. He calls men to preach. He calls men and women to serve Him. And He has the same purpose in mind, to give them the Word of God. Well, well, why? Well, because that's what changes lives and ultimately can even change a nation as it's going to do uh, with Israel. See, here's the problem tonight. It's, it's not that God's not calling. It's that we're not listening. In fact, I even thought about this tonight. I think oftentimes it's that we don't want him to call. Because we don't want him to mess up the comfort that we have going. And so it's, it, and unlike Eli, it, so here's the thing. It's, it's, it's that we aren't listening or we're, we're unwilling to respond. And, and so unlike Eli, who, who this, and think about this. He ignored the word of God in the previous passage. Unlike Eli, may we be like Samuel tonight, and that we would respond to God and say, Lord, Lord, speak, for thy servant heareth. Father, would you bless the preaching now as we look at the calling of, of Samuel tonight? And, and God, just pray that you would help me to give the word of God. I, I, I still believe you're calling men and women. Into the ministry, I still believe that you're calling people to be saved. I, I believe you're calling people to just submit their lives unto you and to surrender and, and to go all in. And so, God, would you help us tonight and challenge us from this passage that we would be a people that, Lord, really would be looking for you to speak. I, it, Lord, it's, it's hard for me to fathom that there would be even people in this room, your people that would not be interested in, in you to speak to them. I Because, Lord, that's Lord, it's something I desire almost every time I, I go before you in prayer. That I'm asking you to speak. And I can't even imagine what Samuel got to experience and how one day, Lord, we'll get to hear the audible voice of our great God. But I know, Lord, you're still speaking today through the Spirit of God, through the Word of God. And so, Lord, just asking tonight that, we would be a people that would be willing to, Lord, hear you speak and, and to respond as, as Samuel did tonight. Would you help us tonight in Jesus' name? <clears throat> Amen. Why don't you be seated tonight? In the fall of 1995, I, I started attending Victory Bible Baptist Church in, in Pensacola, Florida, because there was a really good-looking blonde that was going to there in, in the church. And I was 20 years old at, at the time, And uh, started listening to the man of God preach the gospel of Jesus Christ and his death and his burial and his resurrection. I was was like Samuel here in verse number 7 where it says that he did not know the Lord and neither was the word of God yet revealed unto him. And I was exactly like that. I didn't know uh, the Lord. But I will say this, I was in the temple of the Lord, but I was lost. Amen. By the time April of 1996 rolled around, I decided to get up the nerve to ask some questions about all this resurrection from the dead stuff and so I started asking Natalie and she said you know you might want to talk with my dad after the service uh tonight and so uh we went back to her house and I sat down with her dad uh that night and I you know just basically poured out my heart and thought you know just told him I just thought all this stuff was crazy and how do you guys believe this how do you know that that Jesus rose from the dead I often look back on that uh, and I'm, I'm so thankful that my father-in-law knew, knew enough of the things of God and walked with God enough to let the Spirit of God lead in his life to take me to first Corinthians chapter 15 and I love that section how Paul begins to rehearse to the, the believers in Corinth how that they were saved by the gospel and that this gospel was the death and the burial of Jesus Christ according to the Scriptures and the resurrection three days later according to the Scriptures. And then it goes on down and it testifies of how he was seen of the apostles and, and, and of Peter, talking about Cephas there, and then of over 500 brethren who many were still alive at the time. And then, of course, Paul would say, and then of me as of one born out of due time. And, and so you understand that whole passage there is about proof that that truly Jesus did indeed rise from the dead. And I was so thankful for that. And I, you know, because that was something that I struggled with and and didn't believe. uh, And and so that, but I, but here's what I, here's what I begin to realize is that at the moment I begin to see that from the Word of God, it's, it's exactly like the verse says in Romans, where faith cometh by hearing and hearing, ...by the Word of God. And as I saw that truth from the Scriptures, the Spirit of God... began to deal with me. And I knew at that moment that I was lost and He was the Savior... ...and that I was in a whole lot of trouble with our great God. And I, I, can, I know that my countenance had to change because my father-in-law looked at me and said, "...would you like to make a decision on this?" Uh, and I said, "...no, sir." And, and so I left that night and, and I'm so thankful God didn't, God didn't take no for an answer... And I was driving home that night, and God was it was almost like God was riding in the truck with me. The Spirit of God was dealing with me and convicting me. I kept hearing the question over and over in my mind, Are you going to die and go to heaven? Are you going to die and go to hell? And I'm so thankful that I got home that night, and I went into my bedroom, and I got on my face, and I called upon the name of the Lord, and I got saved that night, and I've been saved ever since. Amen? And so I'm thankful for that also remember God speaking another time in my life. It was about seven years later in July of 2002. I don't know that I've ever included this part in my testimony, but it really began to happen as I was fishing with my dad on, on Hurricane Lake there in the panhandle of Florida. Spiritual things happen when you're fishing. Amen. And uh, we had went on a Friday evening and, and w- so we started fishing and then we were going to camp that night and then we were going to get up early in the morning and do some more bass fishing. And so I, we, we had fished late up into the night and came back and we were going to try to sleep for a few hours and so I had my tent over there in the campground and so I got in my tent by myself but I wasn't by myself if you know what I'm saying. And God just began to move in that night and began to deal with me about preaching and and, uh, you, and I can remember that night telling him, okay, I'll, I'll preach. But really I wasn't interested in surrendering. I was interested in him leaving me alone so I could go sleep and go fish the next day. And so, of course, you know, I, I went on about my business, never really said anything and, and uh, but I'm, again, I'm, I'm thankful God wouldn't leave me alone. And so over the next uh, several weeks God began to deal with me and God began to deal with me, and many of you know the story about uh, the morning that, that I surrendered. I got up, and it was just spiritual warfare. The devil was all over me, and, because God wanted me to preach, and, and uh, uh, I can remember walking in that morning and just being so miserable, and I finally, I finally uh, through the, you know, just sitting there welding under my hood, and I'm welding and having a conversation with God, so men can multitask when necessary. But I finally, I finally just surrendered and said, God, if you want me to preach, I'll, I'll preach. And I can remember going and, and letting Natalie know. And of course, later on that evening, we went and talked with our pastor and, and told him I, I surrendered to preach. There was also another time I heard God speak again. I remember sitting in the Lambert's Cafe, another spiritual place. In Ozark, Missouri, and by that time, uh, I was serving there at Berean Baptist Church, was training for the ministry. I was a youth director, and uh, we were having the Christmas staff lunch at, at Lambert's Cafe, and I remember sitting at the table there, all the men were sitting in one area, and all the ladies were down there, because we were involved in, in rolls being thrown, amen? And, and uh, you know, you don't want the ladies to get hurt in this ordeal, you know, and and we were sitting there at the table and, and Butch Shrope, who's a missionary now to Australia, he leans over to, to Pastor Abel's and says, Hey, did you hear about the church in Cassville? They need a pastor. And Pastor Abel said, I did hear that. And, and I, be a fact, I'm praying about uh, the guy that I think God wants there. And I'm sitting across the table next to the song leader who was Fred Reamschneider at the time and he elbows me in the ribs and says, So long, bucko. And I went, what are you talking about? He's not talking about me. And then Pastor Abels looks across the table at me and goes, you're exactly the guy I'm talking about. And to which that role that I had just scarfed down did not feel so good all of a sudden. And, but you know, here's the thing. At, at that very moment, and I believe God used all of that to confirm, I, at that very moment, I knew within the depths of my soul that this is exactly what God had for us. And I, listen, I'm not God, a man called or any of that. I'm very grateful I had a man of God that was praying about me and and revealed that uh, to me. But I knew at that very moment that is where God wanted me to be. And so thankful we had uh, almost 10 years there. But there was another time where God spoke in my life. It was in December of 2017. A month before that, a guy by the name of Eric Watson had called me. And there was another church that was in need of a pastor. And I would come up and preached a few weeks earlier in the beginning of the month in December and was praying, and I didn't want to go. And I kept asking God for confirmation over some things I had prayed about even months earlier, and He had already confirmed to me. And on the way to a preacher's meeting in Missouri that night, I was driving to, and I was actually supposed to preach at the preacher's meeting, and God began to preach to me. And I finally surrendered, and well, here we are. And I'm at Faith Baptist Church in Olathe, Kansas. I I realize that, you know, God has spoken a multitude of other times. But what I'm trying to get across to you is this, is that when God speaks, when God calls, whether it's salvation, or a call to preach, or the mission field, or the pastorate, or, or, or whatever it is that you want to put in there in the realm of ministry, I want you to listen to this tonight. It always possesses the potential to be a turning point in someone's life. And here's why, listen, but the reason I say it possesses the potential is because in order for it to be an actual turning point, you and I have to answer you have to answer. I thought about this tonight, and also think about this. So far in Samuel's life, we've seen the wonderful heritage that he's had. His mother Hannah praying for him, and God answering that prayer. The commitment that she made to God to give to, give Samuel back to the Lord, and then staying true to that commitment. And now Samuel serving as a young child uh, in the temple. But I want you to listen to this tonight. All of it would have been in vain had Samuel not answered right here. And couldn't we say the same thing about us when we take for granted the spiritual investments that God and others have made in us and we do nothing with them? And I'm not trying to be mean or ugly or anything tonight, but listen, I want to say this, and I want you to take it the right way, but... But it would be a waste to sit here in a good Bible believing Bible preaching Baptist church and hear the gospel over and over and over again but then reject God speaking to you about your need to be saved. And you listen you understand the preacher has studied and prayed and people have prayed and Maybe some of you are here tonight because your mom and dad brought you or grandma and grandpa brought you or whatever the case may be, but what I'm trying to get across to you is this, there's been much spiritual investment made in your life And, and so it's vain to have all of that, but then to miss out on what God has for you in the area of salvation. Absolutely would be so vain to miss out on those things, but it's not just in salvation where He's calling tonight. He's calling men to preach. He's calling people to the mission field. And what I found out in my own life is that God loves you and God God loves me. And he wants what's best for us and he wants to use us for his honor and his glory. And listen to this tonight, you can never go wrong answering when he speaks. You will never it's not going, trust me, it will not be a mistake. But what it what would be a mistake is to let it pass by and to waste it. And not answer when God begins to move and God begins to speak in your life that listen i'm I'm thankful tonight that Samuel answered the call and and that he responded to what God had for him. now, let me give you just a couple of things tonight that maybe if we could say it like this would would maybe apply to where you and I are at today uh in the New Testament and God's calling uh in our lives today look look at verses one through four because really. I want you to notice here, it says, And the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli, and the word of the Lord was precious in those days. There was no open vision. And it came to pass at that time when Eli was laid down in his place, his eyes began to wax dim and he could not see. And there the lamp of God went out in the temple of God where the ark of God was, and Samuel laid down to sleep, that the Lord called Samuel and answered, Here, Here am I. And so what what happens here in these first four verses is that, you know, it kind of begins to lay out some things about the calling of God on Samuel's life. It gives us the timing of his calling. Eli's growing older and his eyes are are waxing dim. And so there'd be a need for for God to raise up a man to proclaim his word. It talks about it being at night when, when everyone is asleep. But this is what I want you to key in on. I believe what God is also doing here is He is showing us the reasons why He is calling Samuel to preach, calling Samuel to be a prophet unto him. Well, what do you mean by that? Well, look at verse number one, because it says this. So it says, and the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli, but then key in on this. And the word of the Lord was precious in those days, there was no open vision. So what I believe this is saying is this, is that the reason God is calling Samuel right here is because of the rarity of preaching. See, the Bible says here that the Word of the Lord was precious in those days, and there was no open vision. The word vision means a revealing. And so God would often reveal Himself to mankind through, through visions and, and dreams. I, I think of Joseph in the book of Genesis, and what a, what a great life to study, Amen. But you understand Joseph was the dreamer because God was revealing himself to Joseph through the, those dreams. But here it says that there was no open vision at this time. So God was only speaking to man through his word. And even in that it was rare. The word precious means that the Word of God was of great value. It, it's described as precious or valuable because of its rarity. I, I think of diamonds tonight. Diamonds are considered precious jewels well, invaluable. Why? Because they are rare. And so God was not speaking through an open vision. God was speaking through His Word. And it was very rare uh, at, at the time. And let me tell you why it was rare. It, it's because of what was going on during the days of Judges. Go go back with me to Judges in chapter number 1. This is just before the book of Ruth and and the book of Samuel. Go back to Judges in chapter 21 that that ends the, the, the book here. And look at verse number 25. If you don't know what the characteristic is of Judges, here's what it says. It says, In those days there was no king in Israel, listen to this, Every man did that which was right in his own eyes. Please listen to this tonight. There wasn't a human king, but there was a spiritual king in Israel. God was to be the king. But instead, Israel had rejected God. They had turned away from God. Israel was busy worshiping Molech and Chemosh and Baal and all the other false gods of the Canaanites, and they had forsaken the Word of God. And so because of that, it had become rare in those days. And so this is why God is going to raise up Samuel in 1 Samuel 3. God cares about His Word. Listen, if you don't get anything tonight, listen to this. God cares about His Word. In fact, there's a verse in Psalms, and I didn't look it up, and for time's sake, I don't really have time to go there. But there's a verse in Psalms that says this, that God exalts His Word above His name. That's how much God cares about His Word. I remember a preacher sitting in my office one time and said, do you have any advice for me? And I said, here's my advice. Fall in love with the Word of God. Because God cares about His Word. You want to be a man of God and a preacher of the Word, then fall in love with the Word. But you understand, God has cared about His Word. He's cared about it enough to preserve it so that you and I can have it today. God cares about His Word. And He desires for His Word to be preached among men so that He might be revealed unto them. In be, be fact, many of us know this verse in Proverbs twenty-nine, eighteen, where there is no vision, the people perish. Where there is no vision, the people perish. Listen to this. That word vision, that's not talking about programs and plans and aspirations. You know what that's talking about? That's talking about the Word of God. Because where there is no Word of God being preached and proclaimed, guess what? The people perish and so you understand the point is this is that Samuel's time it sounds a lot like our time the preaching of God's word has become rarity this is what's sad it's become rarity in churches it's become more about it's become more about uh, you know musicals and dramas and and all kinds of, of other entertainments. And as a result, li- listen, and as a result of that, here's what's going on. People are doing that which is right in their own eyes. You know what's ultimately happen- happening? They're perishing. That's right. Because there is no preaching of the Word of God. And I'm, listen, I know I've told this story before, but I can remember when I was welding, uh, I was a pipe welder in, in the panhandle of Florida, and there were twin brothers that I worked with, and one, one, they were on another crew. One was a pipe fitter and one was a pipe welder. And they were Christian men, went to another Baptist church in the area. And one of them played golf. He was the godly one. <laughs> and so we would play golf together a lot of times. And so him and his family went on vacation and they came back. And we, were, we got together and played around the golf. And so I, we were like on the second or third hole. And I said, hey, I said, how was your vacation? And he said, man, it was awesome. You know, we had a great time. We rested up and it was a blessing. And, and he said, you know, he said, the only thing that was a little odd about it was the church that we visited while we were on vacation. He said, we went to church and went in on a Sunday morning and said, man, they had like the longest song service I've ever said in my life. It was like 45 minutes. And then after they got done, the pastor got up. He read a verse and told a story and a joke and everybody laughed. And then they had invitation and we dismissed and went home. He said, it was the weirdest thing I've ever been to. He said, be a fact. He said, I know he didn't preach the gospel and I don't even think that he mentioned the name of Jesus Christ. And please listen to this tonight. That didn't happen in the pottery thing or the the, the plum or the grape or whatever it is they want to call their meetings today. That happened in an old-fashioned Southern Baptist church. And I get we're independent Baptists and those kind of things, but the reality is that was 20 years ago and this is going on in almost every church under the sun in America today. And so it's becoming more and more rare where where people would gather together and the man of God would preach the Word of God and the people of God would receive it and we would respond to it and let God change and work and mold in our lives. In fact, I would say to you tonight, I mean, when you think about it, this, this is what it says to me. This is the two things I wrote down. What we have at Faith Baptist Church is rare. So if it's rare, don't you think it ought to be considered precious? Valuable? You understand? Listen, we ought to be grateful for a place like this. We, we ought to be, listen, we ought to be here when the doors are open. We ought to, we ought to, be, we ought to be prepared to be here. By by resting the night before, praying, asking God, asking God to show up and speak like He did right here. And see, this, this is why this is why it's so discouraging to look out and to see people sleeping, zoned out, playing on their phones. Well, preacher, I was just looking up a Bible verse. Get a Bible. Because who knows what, what what people are doing. And I'm just listen. I'm just saying to you, friend. It, that's why we, when we ought to be treasuring, we, we ought to be treasuring something, when, but yet we're treating it valueless. Folks, this is a diamond right here. Let me say that again. This is a diamond right here. And it ought to be cherished by God's people, not treated as something mundane. But let me, let me also say this to you tonight. We, we ought to have the expectation that God would dip down into Faith Baptist Church calling men and women to serve Him. That's right. you, you understand? Look, look at this scene right here. God, God's, not, God's, not, God's not showing up in the temples of Molech and Chemosh. That's right. He's showing up in His house and calling His people. You, you, you understand? It's, this is where His Word is the central focus. And, I, and I'm just saying to you, friend... I believe it's the same here. God's not going to show up at the Methodist church down the street. Not trying to be ugly or trying to be mean, but I'm just saying to you, He's going to show up where His Word is made preeminent and preaching and emphasis is right here. That is where God is going to dip down and meet and work and call His people. Here's here's something else. Look down at verse number 2. And when it came to pass at that time, and it came to pass at that time, when Eli was laid down in his place and his eyes began to wax dim that that he could not see. Here's here's what I would say. The other reason why God began to call Samuel is because of the blindness of the current leadership. Now realize this is referring to Eli, his physical condition. We, We could say it like that. But at the same time, I would say this. It's a tremendous picture of his spiritual condition. Eli had become blind to his own personal sin and his poor walk that he now had with God. He'd become blind to the poor influence he'd become to the people. And even the influence his sons were having on the people, he'd become blind to the purposes and the responsibility of his office as the priest of Israel. Become blind to all of that. That's why the man of God could walk in and give him, thus saith the Lord, and warn him of great judgment and he just walks away from it and completely ignores it because he's blind. And again, this is exactly what is happening in our day and time. Listen to this. Men in places of spiritual leadership are totally blind. You, let me help you with this tonight. P- mercy. And I'm trying not to just let a rip. But let me help you with this. People don't need more entertainment. They don't need more entertainment. People don't... People don't need to see a grown man wearing skinny jeans. (sighs) Especially when he ain't skinny. (laughs) You understand what I'm saying, brother? You didn't have to amen that loud. (laughs) Nobody needs to see that. You know, I was, you know, I mean, Dave Ramsey has that act your ways and I'm thinking dress your age. That needs to be the new bumper sticker right there. That's, But you understand, we, people don't need political correctness and positive messages. People need the Word of God. People need the man, man of God to roll up his sleeves and preach, thus saith the Lord, and not from a glass pulpit where he's sitting on a stool and it's called a stage, from a platform and a pulpit made of wood where the Word of God is honored and proclaimed and preached people need to need to listen to this people need to see the things of God being consecrated not made convenient people need to be called to repentance and brokenness before God And these are the things that, listen, these are the things that when you go down through the Bible, verse by verse, these are the things that the Word of God does. Yes, there's times of encouragement. Yes, there's times of help. But there are many a time where the Word of God calls men to repent. You know why? Because man has a positive nature towards sin and wickedness. And you listen, and, and here's the thing. Look at our culture today. This stuff has been, you understand, do you think that things have improved over the last 20 years since this has been the predominant idea of, of American Christianity? Absolutely things have not, have not improved. It's gotten worse. We've grown further away from God. But, but, here's, the, but, but here's the thing. People aren't changing what they're doing. Well, why? Because they're blind. Do you, do you realize this? The guy's name was Bill something or another, Bill Hybels. He was the start of all this, all this uh, evangelical nonsense and stuff back in the, I think it was in the 90s and 80s and 90s and so on. And he even said, after about 15 or 20 years of examining all these mega churches and positive messages and Joel Osteen stuff, he even said, we've, we've messed up, we've failed, this is not working. But guess what? Nobody's changing. Because it's all about this right here. Drawing in a crowd and getting the money in. Because here's why they're blind. They're totally blind. And you know what I'm praying for? Here's what I'm praying for. I'm praying for God to raise up a generation of young men who will preach, thus saith the Lord. I remember meeting, I remember sitting down with my son and my wife's little cousin that's going started Heartland this year. And I said this, I said, this is what I'm praying. You boys will go down there and get them fired up. Listen, they need, because I'm just telling, listen, I'm not against shining shoes and making the dimple in your tie and all that stuff. And I'm telling you, there's so much focus on that garbage when they ought to be some young men walking off in the woods and just spending a night with God and seeking his face and coming back in the morning all filled up with the Holy Ghost. That's what we need young men to do. That's, that's what we need. Listen, because here's the thing. That's what America needs. America doesn't need more politicians. America needs more God-called preachers. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying tonight? Well, bless God, Donald Trump. Listen, I'm, I'm fine, whatever floats your boat, but I'm telling you, what, what this country needs is God-called men to preach, thus saith the Lord. That's what this country needs. And let me, let me help you with something else. Look down at verse number three. And ere the lamp of God went out in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was and, and Samuel was laid down to sleep. Here's the other reason why. There was no fire for the things of God. There's no fire. The lamp went out in the temple where the ark was. Do you, do you understand? Listen to me. That wasn't supposed to happen. According to the law of Moses, it wasn't supposed to happen. It was supposed to continually burn. Again, the physical perfectly pictures the spiritual right here. The fire going out in the temple was because the spiritual fire had gone out in Eli. And the man of God, listen to this, this is why the man of God you know, could, could, come, could come to him in the previous chapter and it didn't even affect him. He lost his fire. Eli lost his shout. I said Eli lost his shout. Eli, Eli quit coming to the altar during the church services. His apathy for the things of God reflected in that he chose his own sleep over keeping the lamp of God going over the ark. That's powerful. Look, listen to me tonight. I want you to listen to this. The calling of Samuel shows us God desires that His people would be zealous for Him. God wants a man. God wanted a man that would be just on fire for Him. Would be in love with Him. Would, would be passionate for Him. Would be seeking Him. L- listen to this. Emphasis, and I know we say this all the time, preach the Word. But I'm telling you, sometimes it's also this, the Word preached. Do you understand the change in emphasis there? It's not, just, it's not just important to preach the Word, but it's also important that the Word is preached. There's emphasis there. It matters. There's fire. There's passion. There's, there's God's presence and God's power. And my fear is this. It's not that we're not a passionate people. It's just that we've invested our passions in a whole bunch of temporal things and the things of God have taken a back seat in our lives. And We're passionate about our work and we're passionate about the almighty dollar and we're passionate about our favorite sports team and we love our families and this and that and the other. And while there's nothing wrong with those things in and of themselves, they become idols, friend, while the fire for God goes out in our lives. And God dips down and calls Samuel because Eli... His fire went out, but oh, when Samuel comes on the scene, he's going to be fired up for the things of God, and it'll never go out in his life. Hard to beat the smell of an old wood-burning fireplace, isn't it? I got a gas place, I got a gas uh, fireplace in my house, and I guess it—you know, it's nice, You know, you just flip the switch, and you got some warmth and stuff like that, but I do miss that smell. There'd be times, you know, we had, we had them in other houses. We had wood-burning fireplaces, so I'd burn the fireplace, kind of save on our gas bill, or electric bill, or whatever it was that was running the house there through our central heating and air units. I'd build a big fire, and it'd just, man, you know, just go as close as you can to burning the whole place down. Amen. Everybody's moving back. Man, it's hot in here. You know, and I'm like, hey man, well, you said build a fire. I built a fire. It's all or nothing with me. I... It's blazing. But you know, you get busy and you forget about it. And it goes out. But you know what I like is that there would be often those times where you could throw another log on the fire and stir them coals. Blow a little... You know, we as god's people sometimes forget to tend that fire don't we we let things slack in our walk with christ and we skip out on that daily prayer and bible reading and we start missing a service here and there and we give into the lust and flesh and carnality of our lives and as a result we start getting hard cold Callous towards the things of God. You know what we need to do? We just need to have God just rake them coals one time. Let's let the sweet Holy Spirit of God just blow in. Light it back up. Let me give you the second thing here. We'll be through tonight. Look down at verse number five. I just, I love this story. You ran into Eli. I mean, listen, you got kids, grandkids and stuff like this. This is just precious, isn't it? He ran into Eli and said, Here am I, for thou calledst me. Just such an obedient young child. And he said, I called not, lie down again, and he went and lay down. I mean, he didn't even ask if I would get into bed with you. Eli, it's kind of scary. I don't know what's going on. Lights are all out, and it's dark. You're fat and old and scared. You know? and the Lord, look at verse 6, and the Lord called yet again unto Samuel, and Samuel arose and went to Eli and He said, Here am I, for thou didst call me. And he answered, I called not, my son, lie down again. And now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. Neither was the word of the Lord yet revealed unto him. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time. And he arose and went to Eli and said, Here am I, for thou didst call me. And Eli perceived that the Lord had called the child. And therefore Eli said unto Samuel, Go, lie down. It shall be if he shall call thee that thou shalt say, Speak, Lord. My servant heareth. And Samuel went lay down in his place and so again this you know you see the reasons why but th- this is the response here to the to the calling is God begins to call Samuel little Samuel comes in to wake Eli up thinking it's him as the story goes right here it happens three times and I only, Eli finally realizes what's going on you know and I did I did I did write this down in my notes perhaps if he was where he was supposed to be spiritually it wouldn't have taken three times but here's the point in the midst of rarity, spiritual blindness, and apathy, God was calling. God was calling. And I'm so thankful Samuel answered. But I want, you, I want to point out some things to you. Did you notice this? He didn't answer at first. We that preacher, well, yeah, he was confused. Yeah, he was confused. He was confused because he did not know the Lord. He was lost. Aren't you glad kids can get saved? Yeah. But this is what I love about our God. Knowing the potential of Samuel, but also his circumstances, God kept calling. Yeah. Do you know this? I've, I've seen lost people confused, confused like this when God's calling in salvation. I've seen people, they, they, what, what's heartbreaking to see, what's heartbreaking to see is that when people come into Faith Baptist Church and they hear the preaching of God's word and they leave and they go I don't want to come back because I don't I don't feel good when I go there. You know what that's called? That's called Holy Ghost conviction. We're not trying to make you feel bad. We're trying to show you that you're a sinner and how Christ can save you. But I've seen people, I've seen people, listen, I've seen they don't understand the spirit's conviction on their heart. They they feel miserable, they're burdened. I've seen people do that. I've seen I've seen people express and just go, "Man, it just I, my, I, my, I just, it just feels so heavy. And, and, and here's why. That's that weight of sin. That's the, that's the wrath of God and the condemnation that already abides on you, Jesus said. But, but I, but, but, and so here's the thing. I've seen people confused like that. But I've also seen, I've seen God's people confused by God's calling on their life. Like, why, why would God be calling me? Why? How can God use me? I, I know this. That was one of the big struggles that I had when, when God was calling me. Man, when, I, when I got saved, my, my life was a mess. The, the sin and the alcohol and, and the addictions and, and the things that were in my life. And even after I got saved, the things that I struggled in and battled with, and, and God was getting me through a lot of those things and, and had brought me through a lot of those things. But that was my thing, was how can God use somebody like me? Well, I'm, I'm glad of this. God didn't give up. Amen. And you know what I found after the last, you know, I guess 20-something years of serving the Lord in, in ministry? God can use you. And God can use me. If you've been saved, God can use you right where you're at. And God can get honor and glory through your life. But you've got to answer the call. And so he doesn't answer at first because he is kind of confused as to what's going on in here. And part of that was his lost condition. But again, I've seen God's people do the same things. But here's what I do like is that Samuel does answer. And in verse number 9, it says, Therefore... Therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go lie down, and it shall be if he call thee, that thou shalt say, Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. So Samuel went and lay down in his place, and the Lord came and stood and and called as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel answered, Speak, for thy servant heareth. You know why he answers? I like this one. Well, one, because he was in the temple of the Lord where God would continually call him. You ever think about that? I, I, I'm going to tell you something tonight, and don't take this the wrong way, but I'm, I'm just trying to give you my heart. I, I will never understand parents who want their kids to be saved but do very little to have them in the house of the Lord. Yeah. Yeah, right. yeah. that, is, that is foolish. If, if I had a child who was not saved, I'd make sure my family was in the house of God in every service. Because here's why. Because you don't know when God's going to specifically speak to them. You don't know when God's going to give them the message that they need that's going to bring them to the place of of, of salvation. So, So you understand, you want to do everything that you can to make sure they are there when he speaks. And Samuel benefited greatly from a godly heritage. His mind was protected by the influences of the world. His heart was soft and prepared. He was in the temple when God was willing to speak. And take note of Hannah's testimony and her commitment unto the Lord. When it seems like it takes so little for God's people to miss church today, and yet we wonder why God hadn't called our kids. Hannah was committed. Hannah was sold out. Said, God, you can have my kid. And left him at the house of the Lord. Left him there. Don't leave your kids here, but you know what I'm saying. (laughs) Because I'm going to go home tonight. They sleep here and they're not going to wake up and try to find me. I'm be at my house. I'm just telling you, you hear something in the middle of the night in this place, it will scare you to death, I can tell you that. I've been, been in my office and stuff creeping and crawling. And I'd come out carrying my pistol. <laughs> i will go in and lock my door where I'm safe and hide under my desk, finish my study. Hannah was committed though and it paid off. Samuel got saved and answered the call of God on his life let me tell you the second reason why he answered he listened to the man of God so wait a minute preacher I mean this is this is Eli yeah I, I get that but one thing I respect Eli for right here is he, is he is he thought this I don't want him to make the same mistake I just made he gave him some good instruction whether we Whether we want to admit it or not, because he told Samuel, go back in there and when God speaks again, just say this. Speak, Lord. A servant here. Let me give you some good instruction tonight. Here it is. When God calls, the greatest thing you could ever do is answer him. Let him have his will. Is he calling you tonight? Do you know him as Savior? Maybe he's calling you tonight to do something. Maybe he's calling you into ministry. Maybe He's calling you to preach. Maybe He's calling you just to surrender your life to Him. I'm telling you tonight, the greatest thing you could ever do is answer and let Him have His will and way. I can promise you this. I'm 20 years later. I don't look back and go, I messed up on that deal. No, I didn't. That was the greatest thing I ever did. And I'm so grateful. What about you tonight? Let's all stand tonight.